Come on, come on. Anybody excited this morning? All right, let's press in. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. Somebody get excited this morning. All right. All right. All right. Let's get comfy. I just want to thank everybody for last week. For all the notes you guys gave me, all the little pieces of paper and all the, and the gifts and the love, man. I, I, felt, I felt love last week and it was good. I want to let you know I sat, I sat in my kitchen one day and opened up all those little cards and read them all. And man, I'm a man of words, so words really filled and it really filled me up. So I just want to thank you for that. I was going to throw them away because, you know, men, <laughs> why that's funny. Men don't keep cards. We don't do that stuff. I know you girls got a little shoebox that got every card you ever got. We don't got room for that. We don't. We... But I was going to throw them out, and then I remember, hold up. Pastor appreciation is once a year. There going to be times where there's going to be a dry season. I'm going to need some encouragement. So I held on to those little cards. Thank you very much. Amen. All right. So are we ready to move on to another level of simplicity? No, no, come on. Are we ready to move on to another level of simplicity? We've been in the Simplify series because we have, if if you're just joining us, we've been um, preaching about Simplify. Just making things simple because, listen, we, we, we make things so complicated. Amen. We have a habit of living life, church, God, everything too complex, too distracted, and we get overwhelmed and we run empty way too often. Somebody say amen. Amen. And Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. So when we simplify, we're able to kind of have that full life. When you simplify, you silence the noise so that the necessary could speak to you. Amen. When we simplify, we're able to see God in the struggle. So I'm going to talk to you today about a very, very touchy topic. Yeah, get nervous. And so before I even tell you the area that I'm talking about, let's pray again. Would you, would you pray for me? Father, we just, I just ask you, God, to hide me behind your word, God. Father, allow us, God, to, to, to just... Empty ourselves right now, God, that we would hear from you, God, that it would be you speaking, that we would receive your word, that it would take ground, that it would fall on good ground, that it would grow and multiply in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This is a touchy topic because it's a major stress factor in all of our lives. It's an area where we have major issues. It creates issues in our marriages. It's an issue for singles as well. It's an issue for just about everybody. I want to talk to you about money this morning. Everybody's pants just got tighter because you clenched your wallets. Everybody went like that. Women went for their purse, pulled it closer. Everybody's wallets is sweating right now. 
Listen, before you start that, here we go. I knew it. I knew this church was too good to be true. I knew it. Church just wants your money. I told you. Some of you looked at each other like you were just like with that thing. See, I told you, church just wants your money. Church just wants your money. Let me put things in perspective for you. I heard a pastor put it this way. I, I love this. How many of you go to Target? Anybody like Target? Oh, a lot of people. Target. Sorry. Let me say that again. Anybody like Target? Let me, you know what? Target just wants your money. But you go there anyway. Macy's just wants your money. But you go there anyway. H&M, they just want your money. But you go there anyway. Your favorite restaurant, guess what? You think they like to cook for you? They, no, they just want your money. But you go there. Your favorite designer, ladies? You think he cares about you? He just wants your money. But you know why we don't complain about Coach or Michael Kors? Because we don't complain where our heart is. Where our heart is, worship follows. If you need to stand up and sit down, go right ahead. Stretch. It's all good. I know that was a tough one to swallow. So can we talk like adults this morning? Can, can, can we just deal with this like adults? Amen? All right. Because listen, I found <coughs> that when we hold anything back from our relationship with God, we can never be fully devoted followers of God. And, and so I want you to understand something. Let me tell you this right from the start. I don't want anything from you. We as a church, we don't want anything from you. I want something for you this morning. I want you, I want you to understand that we, to be good stewards of what God has given us. Listen, walking with God is so exciting. You'll never understand the fullness of it unless you're all in. You'll never understand unless, unless all of you says, God, I follow you. All of you, unless all of you says, God, I'm, I trust you. I'm with you every area of my life. I'm with you. Then this is an exciting walk. If you're just a dominguero, if you just show up on Sunday, you put $3 in the bag and you think you did your spiritual thing, then, then this ain't for you. But, but a walk with God is fully, fully devoted followers. It's an exciting life to live. Amen? Can you be with me? So before I go any deeper, let me say this. Relax. There's no extra offering coming. <laughs> Relax. The, uh, as a matter of fact, ushers, sit down. Because uh, the people are getting nervous. And they see an usher walking around, they, he, he got a basket. <laughs> and you're holding on. I gave already. I give online. Relax. <laughs> I don't want anything from you. I want something for you this morning. Are you ready to receive it? Yes. All right, let's go to Philippians 4. <coughs> it's, it's quiet. It's just going to be me and you, Jess. Because it's quiet. Everybody else is. <laughs> Philippians 4.12. This is Paul talking. Check this out. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him 
who gives me strength. That's awesome. Paul says, I've learned the secret to being content in every and all situations. Guess what? Let me give you some context. He's talking about money. He's talking about provision. The Bible talks a lot about money. And, and listen, let me say this to you also this morning. I am sorry. I'm sorry that whenever you've heard a church or a pastor talking about money, he's begging for some. I'm sorry that whenever you've heard a, a, a preacher online, whenever you've heard a minister share about money, he's trying to manipulate you. I'm sorry that people have tried to sell you miracles. They've tried to sell you blessings. I'm sorry that people have used the word and twisted it and said, if you sow, you'll reap. And if you sow a $1,000 seed with me, God will bless you. I'm sorry that you've heard, oh, if you want to get your money pregnant, your pastor got to sleep with it. I've heard some disgusting, disgusting abuses. And so I just want to stand as a minister. I don't want to stand as a church. I want to say I'm sorry that whenever you've heard that kind of nonsense mingled with word, rest assured I'm not asking you for anything today. But if the scriptures talk about something, we need to talk about it. Amen? And so if, if there's obviously some things that we need to learn about it. Because ultimately, it's not about the money, 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 money. It's about provision. It's about trust. It's about who do we trust. Amen? It's about who we follow, whose hands are we in. So, okay, back to the story. So Paul is writing to the Philippians, and he's telling them, thank you, Philippians. Thank you. Look at verse 14. It says, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Verse 15. In the early days of, of your acquaintance with the gospel, that means when you were baby Christians, when you first got saved, when I came to Philippi to plant the church, in the beginning, it says, uh, not, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving. Except you. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Paul is saying the Thessalonians were cheap. Even when I was blessing them, you supported me. So he's telling the Philippians, man, you guys are awesome. You, even when I was there, you were blessing me. You provided for me as I worked among you to preach and build the church. And you provided me as I helped others. And, and he's saying here, this, that was good of you. Verse 17, he's saying, listen, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking to what may be credited to your account. Verse 18, he says, I've received full payment, and even more, I am amply supplied. Because they had sent him another gift, it says there in verse 18. And he says, that gift that you sent me, I am, I'm full, I'm, I'm full, man, I'm fully supplied. And he says, and that gift, it was a fragrant offering. It was an acceptable sacrifice. It was pleasing to God. Verse 19, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. See, in this small passage, there's two famous scriptures. One small passage, two famous scriptures. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, and God will supply. How many times have you heard those scriptures used? All the time, right? You could be a Christian four weeks, and you're walking around, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. 
or, and my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. They like, we learned those two first before even like God saved us or anything. But we put them on bumper stickers, posters, t-shirts, but we never really connect them to the context that they're in. So allow me to do that this morning, amen? amen. Paul is saying, we, there have been times when I've been well fed and when I've been hungry. There have been times when I had abundance and times when I did not have enough. Anybody could relate to Paul. He's saying there have been times when we had steak with our rice and times where we cracked an egg over the rice and called it steak. Where are my Spanish people at? How many of you know that's poor food? But ain't nobody died, ever died on eggs and rice. Amen. I grew up, I grew up, my father made picadillo three times a week. I thought that was fancy food. Right? It's just ground, for those of you that don't know, it's just ground beef and white rice. Two very cheap ingredients. But you put an olive in there and that's bougie. My daughters, my daughters grew up, and every, every culture we have our cheap staple meals, Right? Every family, we develop our own staple, you know, cheap staple. My daughters grew up on pasta and sauce. They thought they were Italian until they went to school and spelled their last name. <laughs> pasta and sauce every day. On a good day, it was Italian bread. In a bonus week, it was garlic bread. But, but, but pasta, how many know you can feed a family of four with a box of pasta and a bottle of Pathmark labeled ragu? For under 10 bucks. And plenty. We eat plenty. Amen? Everybody got their, their, their staple. Where my Dominicans at? You guys can make an entire meal out of platanos. Entire meal. They'll serve you the drink, the entree, the dessert, all from the same platano. And it's awesome. Because you can buy those joints 16 for a dollar. So ain't no Dominican going hungry, ever. <laughs> 16 for a dollar. So Paul is saying, I've been in that place of abundance, and I've been in that place of not enough. And I've learned to be content in both places. <laughs> Family, how many times have you said, if I just had a better job, if I just, if I just got a better car, I'd be set. If I just had a bigger apartment, if I just had a, a bigger house, if I just get that new sofa, if I just had that bigger screen, I'd be set. You want the secret? Paul says, I've learned to be content in any and all circumstances. And through him, I can do all things. Somebody say amen. amen. See, the secret is not trusting my present provision. The secret is trusting my present provider. It's not what I have, it's who I have. It's not what I can do, it's what he can do. And through him, I can do all things. Through him, the, 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 the least educated of us can do all things. Through him, the poorest of us can do all things. Through him, who gives us strength. Some, come on, man. So the other verse that's quoted all the time at the end of this passage is verse 19. It says, and my God will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. 
I hear that quoted all the time, but I never hear it quoted together with verse 18 or 17. Church folk love to quote pieces of scripture, especially the promised ones. We love to take it out of context and just quote it left and right, put it on a t-shirt. We read those scriptures. We say, girl, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches. That means I can buy the extra pair of shoes that I don't need and can't afford. Because my God will supply all my needs. That means I can upgrade to the iPhone 6. Because it's only adding $19 to the bill that I'm already struggling to pay. Stand up, sit down if you have to at any point during this message. Everybody will understand. So that means I can lease that new car instead of buying the good used car. And then the dealer said that for $200 more, I could get a Lexus. So, so that means instead of driving the Hyundai, I could get the Lexus for $200 more above what I'm already paying that I can't afford to pay now. Uh-oh. Because my God will supply. Church, we're stirring up phony faith to meet fake needs. So about that. Verse 19 starts with end in most versions. And so that means it's probably connected to the verse before it, right? And so the verse before it is talking about how they supplied for Paul. So Paul is saying, when you supply for others' needs, my God will supply all your needs. Uh-oh. Oh, snap. There's a hook with that verse that we're leaning on that we didn't know the hook. Paul says, when we supply for others, God will supply all my needs. There's a principle there. God says, I love you, you love. I forgave you, you forgive. I give, now you give. I'm a giver and you were created in my image, God says. See, everybody wants that miracle check in the mail that comes as an answer to prayer that pays that bill. How many, how many of you heard those awesome stories? Where, man, my light was going to be turned off, I was going to be evicted, and I got somebody in the mail just sent me a check. My, my cousin, my uncle, my, my neighbor's cousin, sister's brother just sent me a check out of nowhere, and it was exactly the money that I needed. How many heard those testimonies? It's amazing. Everybody wants that check in the mail, but nobody wants to write one. That's good, Pastor. That's good. <laughs> High five. Woo! See, the principle is God uses people to bless people. We, we, we get this because God uses people. Sometimes God is putting on somebody's heart. Listen, that brother that said, send them 50 bucks. And you're like, are you crazy? 50 bucks, that means I can't have lunch one day this week. Gorda, send them 50 bucks. It's all good. You're going to be all right if you skip lunch once. Listen, Flacco, it's good. Don't worry about it. But God uses people to bless people. We, but listen, we have to get that mentality out that we're always looking. Give me, give me, give me. Give me, give me. God, I'm struggling. I had a hard week. So, so did I. So, but, but we have to be those people. God created us to be that. That's who we are. Amen. 
It's a, it's a godly principle. Can we get with it? Family, I, I want you to have the full gospel, man. I want you to understand the truth. The truth is God has already given us more than we deserve. He's already paid us more than we could ever earn. He's already paid the price that we could never pay. You and I, we were born in sin that the enemy wanted to foreclose on our soul. He wanted to take the short sale, but God said, you know what? I'll pay full price for that beat up shack of a house. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to live in it. It's going to be my home. But then somebody told God, but, but wait, you said the wages of sin is death. God said, that's fine, I'll pay that. And so if we're honest with ourselves, church, everything we have is the Lord's. Everything we have is God's. I know that's not getting through. I see the stone faces on some of you. Some of you saying, I work so hard, everything I have, I have a house, I have a, a good house, it's filled with big screens and shiny things, and I got a shiny car in the driveway. Guess what? One superstorm could wipe all of that out. With your family inside. And then where's your provision? Then where's your, where's your comfort? Insurance will send you a check, but you lost everything. Some of you say, I work hard, I studied, I hustle, I've done whatever I have to to get what I got. Guess what? You can slip in the shower and lose your ability to make wealth. Lose everything you knew. Everything is the Lord's. If we're going to really simplify our lives and walk, we have to get that, church. We have to learn to be content at the provision level that God has us in at this moment. We're all at different provision levels right now. Some of you got plenty. Some of you don't have enough. Some of you in the middle. Some of you don't know where you're at. <laughs> some of you in this level far fronting like you in this level. We have to be faithful at the provision level before we're able to be trusted to go on to higher levels. Oh, that's good preaching. Come on. You want scripture behind that? Okay, I'll give you one. Luke 16, 10. It says, whoever can be trusted with little will be trusted with much. Luke 16, 10. Whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. It says, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who's going to trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with somebody else's property, who's going to give you property of your own? Church, we build huge amounts of debt when we pretend to be at a higher provision level than we are. That's when debt is sin. Oh, y'all ain't ready to hear that one. When we pretend to be at a different provision level, then listen, where we get it wrong is we don't, we don't want to have so that we can give. We want to have so that we can hoard. I know, that, I know, Pastor Appreciation Day is done. It's good. But we got to talk about this because if there's one area that you ask people, the biggest stress in our marriages, the biggest stress in our homes, you, people will tell you, I got 99 problems and 87 of them are financial. Y'all don't want to have no fun. Come on. 
I want to help you simplify this area of your life. They're principles that will help you to be good stewards. I want to share with you what I've been following for years, and I've seen it work. The word works. God is faithful. Trust me, there were years when I didn't have two nickels to rub together, and I said, God, come on, man. I'm trying to do things right. And I didn't do things all the way right. Trust me, I'll, I'll sh- I'm going to share about that next week. <laughs> so I'm not here preaching. You know, I'm, I'm with you, so I, I got you. I know why this hurts. But there's some principles that I've seen work now, that, and I know that God is faithful. So here's the heavy. You ready for the heavy part of this message? You're like, my God, heavier than that. Stretch your legs if you have to. The scriptures from the very beginning give us a principle to live by regarding the first fruits. Oh, boy. Y'all are hating now. Even before the law was given, people honored God with the first fruits of their labor. We have stories in the word as far back as Genesis. That's before the law was given where God accepted the first fruit offerings from his people. Genesis 4, I'll just give you a couple examples so you can look them up. Because you see, I'm not just prophesying. <laughs> Genesis 4, there's a story of Cain and Abel. Abel gave from the first fruits. Cain gave a tip. God accepted Abel, rejected Cain. Why? Because God doesn't need our money, so he doesn't want our tips. He wants our trust. When God wasn't given the first fruits, things went bad, real bad. Read about it, Genesis 4. Genesis 14, Abraham meets Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the high priest. It was a picture of Jesus. What does Abraham do? He goes to him and he gives him a first fruit offering. He gives him a tenth of everything that he's earned. Genesis 28, Jacob, after he's done all his, this is all before the law. People say, oh, tithing and all that's from the law. This is before the law. This is a principle that God taught us at the beginning. Sorry to burst your bubbles. Genesis 28. Jacob, after he did all his dirty, you know, Jacob stole the birthright from his brother, did all his dirty, put skin on you. Read the story, Jacob 28. In in Genesis 28, Jacob is running now from his brother because his brother's going to kill him. And he should kill him because he played him dirty. But Jacob is running. Jacob has this encounter with God. He has this, this amazing picture and this vision. He has an encounter with God. And he tells him, God, if you watch over me, And if you provide for me, and if you take care of me, then you will be my God. And all you bless me with, I will give you a tenth. So right in the first book of the Bible, after the creation of man, we learn about tithing. It's quiet. All I hear is children talking. (laughs) Typically, the first fruits refer to the first 10% that a person earns or receives. So if we're talking strictly about money... Here's an example. If you were blessed with the ability to earn 10 $1 bills, then one of those bills went back to God as an offering. Which one of those bills? The first one. Not after you paid your cousin, not after you bought chicle, not after you made picadillo, and then what's left you gave to God. The first one is the first fruit. The first dollar goes back to God. That's your tithe. So you understand that everything belongs to God. You trust God in you. And through him, you can do all things. Amen? It's a trust issue. I believe the reason the word talks about money so much and is because it's such a big deal to us. In one passage, it says you can't serve God and money. One of them has to be your God. 
one of them has to be your God? I mean, does that, does that, is that heavy on anybody? <clears throat> now, when you're only making $10, it's easy to tithe. Come on. You get $10, I give God one. Hallelujah, I'm a cheerful giver. I'm skipping. Skipping up to the offering, throwing my dollar in there. Woo, I'm good. When you only make $100, I throw 10 bucks. That's good. Well, some of you, that's a stretch already, I know. But, but you make $100, you throw your $10 in the offering like, like a baller. Like. Interestingly enough, the more blessed you are, the harder it is to give a tithe. Isn't that crazy? It's the same percentage. You're still keeping 90%. You're still only giving 10%. But the bigger, the more blessed you are, the harder it is to part. It's a lot harder to drop a $100 check when you made $1,000. Some of you balling with $3,000 checks. Writing a $300 check is, is unheard of. It's hard. Come on, let's be honest. So interestingly enough, it's the same percentage you give. You're still keeping 90, but it's hard to write that 10% check. Amen? Listen, this is my 310th sermon. And I've never found one instance in the world where God needed our money. As a matter of fact, there's a picture of heaven in Revelations where it says the streets, the main street is made out of gold. Do you think it's because God is such a baller that he wants? No. I, I think it's because he, he's showing us that that thing that, that, we, that we treasure so much that we live and die and kill for, God uses like dirt. It's a street. He's like, this stuff that you lived and died and hustled and killed for, on heaven, if you get there, you're going to walk on that stuff. You're going to rollerblade on gold. You imagine rollerblading on gold. Church, when we surrender to God with our finances, I know. See, it gets crazy up in here when you're preaching about. <laughs> Even the lighting system is trying to betray me. It's all good. We preach in the dark. We preach without a mic. I don't care. You're going to hear this message. Come on. Thank you. When we surrender to God with our finances, family, look, we're saying, I'm not trusting this provision. We're saying, I'm not trusting in my ability to make provision. We're saying, I'm, I'm trusting my provider as the source of my provision. Now, listen, should we work hard? Should we equip ourselves for success? Absolutely. Absolutely. But answer this, can you have a degree or two and still can't get a job? Oh, there's a couple, right? And answer this, can you have no degree and all of a sudden, or, or, or this is worse, can, can, can God open the door and give, the per, give your boss, make somebody with no degree your boss? You're looking at it. I've seen it in my life. See, when, when, with God, absolutely, through him, oh, we can do all things, Amen. So listen, next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship team. You guys can come because people are getting nervous. <laughs> Relax. There's no cards going out. I'm not asking you for pledges. Relax. Really. I'm honest when I'm telling you. I don't want anything from you. 
I just want you to be equipped. I want you to try God. I want you to step with God fully and be fully devoted follower. Amen. Listen, let, let me even go as far as this. If you don't feel comfortable tithing here, find the church that you feel comfortable tithing in. I'd rather you go someplace else where you feel comfortable doing it because it's that important. It's that, a, 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 it's that much a part of who we are and what we should be doing. Amen? I know. I got no friends now. <laughs> Listen, next week I'm going to tell you some stories to continue to increase your faith because faith comes from hearing. And it's good to hear the, the word and hear how God has provided for us so that we can have faith that God will provide for you too. Amen? I also want to give you some practical advice on dealing with debt next week. So if you bear with me, we're going to kind of go through this and muddle through and we're going to learn something and be equipped, amen, to be fully devoted followers. Listen, I, I don't want anybody to feel bad today or feel guilty. Amen. Amen. You, you got to know this is spiritual. Wow. I was saying, listen, I don't, I don't want, and, and I'm not joking, this is serious. I don't want anybody to feel bad. I don't want to make anybody feel guilty. I don't want you to feel condemned. I don't want you to feel shame. I'm serious. This is not, not, no joke. These services, this church, are everything that we do is a gift to you. It's a gift to you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. For as long as God allows us to be, we will be here to give this to you. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. He's given us so much. And I just want you to walk in that fullness. When we, when we depend on ourselves, you're always limited. You always, and listen, you can be here and you can have a great job. You can make really, really good money. But you're still limited. You're still limited if, if, I, if I can continue this job, if I don't get fired from this job. What if the economy comes and my job gets cut? What if I get laid off? What if this company sells the building? What if this, and we have all these things because we, when we rely on us, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. When we say, God, I'm going to do everything, my job, my, my business, everything I do, I do it as unto you, God. Now you put yourself in a bigger pocket. You put yourself in a bigger account range, amen? Where it's not up to you, where you're standing and say, God, through you, through him. I want you to be able to stand church like Paul and declare, I know what it's like to be in need. I know what it's like to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and all situations. Whether well-fed or hungry, come on, stand. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Can we just pray for a moment? Father, we just come before you, God, and acknowledging, God, that everything we have is yours. And Father, we just offer to you right now, God, our lives. We offer to you, God, our trust. 
if, if, if there's someone here and you have not made a decision to follow God, if, you, if, you haven't, if you're just visiting maybe and you say, man, I don't even know if, if, if I've ever you know, made that decision. If you want to say today, God, forget about the money. We're not talking about money. We're saying, God, I'll follow you, God. I trust you, Lord. I want to put my faith in you, God. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm tired of doing it by myself, God. Today, I, I put my faith in you. And listen, family, you, you may not be ready to, to tithe that way. You may not be ready to take a percentage of it. And that's fine. I don't want to shame you and pressure you into that. I'm saying I want you to, to, to learn and start to be good stewards of what God has given you. Start to check your debt. Start to check your areas of spending. Start to check those, those areas that we deal with our finances. And, and, if, and if God puts it on your then you start with a smaller percentage. It's up to you. Nobody's checking here. But I want you to start walking in the things that God has for you. So you start with a smaller percentage if you want to. And just, but make it consistent. Say, God, I'm trusting you with 3%. I'm trusting you with 2%. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We don't care. But start to step in the things that God has for you. God, God I love this scripture. God says, test me in this. And see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and fill you to overflowing. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You know what, man? <laughs> we can't end. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited what God did here. And his message alone was just powerful. You know, it's not easy to bring a message like that on finance, especially as a pastor. But you know what, when God, when God brings it up, you know, he, he wants us to be obedient to what's in his word. And I'm living my life day by day, just trying to surrender everything to the Lord. But I want you guys to leave encouraged today, if you're, if, if you're not. And we're going to sing this song, Through You, God Can Do Everything. <laughs> Come on.
more time, say, deep down inside, say, Through you, say. 